My name is Judy Fornock and you're listening to the Culture Matters Podcast. Build your cultural competence. Listen to interesting stories. Learn about the cultural fails and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here at Culture Matters on International Business. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution. He makes you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Every episode, he interviews a prominent guest who will tell you his or her story and share international experiences, making you more cultural competent. And now, here's your host, Chris Smith. Hi, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. My name is Chris Smith, and you're listening to the Culture Matters Podcast. We are on episode number 139. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, now is a good time to do so. Thank you for doing that. Judith Hornock is today's guest. Judith Hornock is the decoder. She studies the special codes of individuals and groups worldwide. Over 15 years, she has researched the social-emotional mindset of the Arab people in the Gulf. During her studies, she identified the negative, aggressive forms of emotions and feelings and realized how quickly, how much influence social-emotional behavior has on day-to-day life in business as well as personal relationships. She calls them the emotional hinderers and has given these character names such as the paralyzing fear and the relentless judgment. Her passion for decoding led her to work on two books. In her latest book, The Arab Business Code, she explores the codes of Arab business people. During the interview, we certainly do talk more about these codes. It's time for this week's guest at Culture Matters. Judith, good morning uh, or good afternoon or are we close to good evening? Because uh, I have an idea where you are. Actually, I also know that we're in the same time zone. So that's, um, that's not really uh, an issue. You introduced yourself a little bit to me. I know a little bit about you, but the audience obviously doesn't. So could you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Where do you come from? Where you are now at this moment geographically? And what is your so-called cultural frame of reference? Hello, Chris. Very nice to hear you. Mm-hmm. How you. how are you? How is your family? How is your father? Uh, well, actually, my father is um, standing in front of my window because my he passed away almost four years. Oh God, I see. But you see, uh, I was also very surprised um, to be asked that question when I started at the Gulf. Mm-hmm. I met an Arab businessman for the first time, and he asked me, "How is your father?" I met this man the first time, uh, but family comes first. You know, yeah. the expression "family" is a code. We talk about it later. Very nice to be on your show. I'm honored. Thank you very much. Thank you. So um, I'm at the moment in Vienna, mm-hmm. yeah, Austria, as you know, and uh, I'm 100% Viennese. Okay, yeah? and you can figure that out because. Uh, pure Viennese regularly eat Wiener Schnitzel, you know, with potato salad. You know that, right? <laughs> Our traditional dish, a piece of bread, a fried veal. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but uh, so to introduce myself a little mm-hmm. bit. See, Chris, I love to talk to people. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a real people person. I'm interested in learning about people, learning about their careers, their jobs, what makes them really tick. Um, that was always my passion. When when I was studying at the hotel school, mm-hmm. yeah, 
And later on, when I worked as a television reporter in the world of the Formula One racing. So okay. I produced their television portraits, for example, behind the stars, a portrait of Formula One racing driver Michael Schumacher. I always studied which steps people took to reach their goals mm -hmm. and what motivates them or what hinders them. Yeah. Yeah. And I started to recognize patterns in their behavior. So that is how I got into writing books about people of the Arab Gulf and decoding. And uh, it's so exciting, you know, now decoding not only in the Arab market. I started decoding everywhere how the same codes works for people worldwide, in America, Holland, Germany, even China. That's our new project. I work at the moment with my group. You know, we have also psychologists, brain researchers. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what I'm doing now. And that's my passion. Yeah. Fair enough. Why? Because um, you wrote some, some, some books and you mentioned it actually as well. Why are you interested in the Arab world? And maybe... Maybe you can first describe what is the Arab world, where does it begin, where does it stop, um, and, yeah. and why your specific interest there? That's a very good question because I didn't know it at the beginning. You know, I was working in the Formula One and I didn't know what is the Arab world, right? The Arab world. This is this is one of my emotional hinderers, Gener the, the, the rentless judgment character. All are the same, all Arabs, but that's not right. Yeah? Mm -hmm. I, for example, really focus in on the Arab Gulf. And this is United Arab Emirates, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Kuwait. Um, uh, what else we have? Um, Kuwait, Bahrain. If you move on, you go to Iraq, you go to Iran. Yeah, and that's not. This is the this is the Arab League. Okay, and this so, is so does part. that does that mean you're only focusing on on uh, Sunnis and not on Shiites? No, so political, this this makes for me, you know, I'm not really in politics, mm -hmm. you know, I really, and that is very important for me, also when I train people, or we coach them, that is, a, that's, for example, a topic, you know, you will not discuss there, I mean, I always say you don't go there and teach mm -hmm. people what they have to do, and uh, you, you want to do with them business, or you want to build up uh, a, a relationship that means, if you say you don't want that, okay, mm -hmm. yeah, then you the, then you say no. But usually, for me, I don't go in the politician side. I mm -hmm. really want to understand the people from the social emotional competence. I need to understand, you know, how they think, they feel, and that is uh, as a decoder. That is my job, you know, because mm -hmm. a decoder invests a lot of time in studying people, their special codes in their speech, their body language, their gesture, you mm -hmm. know, or even being silent. So in the rituals or traditional kind of food, as I told you before, Wiener Schnitzel or Sacher cake for us, you know, in Austria. Yeah. So all these codes yeah, are the fast track to the emotional, intuitive uh, state of your counterparts, so like passports. And you communicate on the same level, but very fast. Mm -hmm. And um, this... Uh, this uh, saves a lot of time and money. You, know? you concentrate on the really important things, you know, how to build up a successful relationship uh, in business and on other levels. And that's my job. You know, I want to get others to understand how they can build that fundament up. With, uh, and and why, then, why then the focus, why, why not focus, say, on Japan or, or India? Why the focus on the Gulf? Yeah, very interesting. I mean, 
destiny, destiny brought me there. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was not, I never wanted to go there. I mean, I was, uh, I was asked to travel when I was working in the Formula One. I was asked to travel to the Arab world mm -hmm. with the Formula One. But, you know, deep inside, I was not sure that I wanted to go there. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I started to read about the Arab world. And then I decided uh, that I really want to overcome my prejudice. And you mm -hmm. see, that's that's another <laughs> another of these emotional hinders I created. Uh, this, uh, what I said before, the rentless judgment character. This is really important because Pete, I was very afraid, you know, from the media, what mm -hmm. I've seen. Mm -hmm. All Arabs are the same, terrible. We know that, right? What mm -hmm. they're doing, like we know about the Italians and for, for about Holland or Belgians, right? <laughs> Yeah. So it, as Austrians, we only have cake and sacher, so sacher cake, or we only have music mm -hmm. and no industry. So all this generalization, uh, you must be very, very careful. You know, you you should go there. You should meet meet with people. Mm -hmm. You should see them, and then you can judge. Yeah. To, to what so extent do you mm -hmm. when you when you went there for the first time, or maybe the first couple of times? To what extent were you? Um, Positive or possibly intimidated by what you saw, and possibly also being a woman in this Arab world, where I would guess they have a different outlook um, on the role of women in society than we would, for instance, in Austria or in Belgium or in the United States. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I had a, I had a fantastic. You know, uh, mm -hmm. I was so welcomed there. So mm -hmm. when I came there. Um, I was welcomed from the beginning in the Arab Gulf. I made a lot of friends and started working with them. And more and more I worked with them, I more and more I decoded them, you know, because I felt uh, very welcome from them. You see, I also wrote a book, you know, my first book was Modern Arab Women, mm -hmm. because I got exact these questions. Oh, Judith, when I came back home, how are you? How are you feeling? Is it bad there, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, no. Mm. No, it's the opposite. I mean, you see, in all in all countries the world, you always have to know where you go and whom you're meeting. Okay? Mm -hmm. This is very important. This is step one. I was always focusing on people who are reaching their goals, you know, doing their careers. I always focus at the, at the positive things because I'm interested how you reach the goals. So mm -hmm. I focus there on women that... That is my book. You know, the book highlights Arab women, how they set new trends and ch changed, you know, old views and values. Mm -hmm. You know, as the first female racing driver, the first female filmmaker, the first female minister and so on. Mm -hmm. And I also took the photos from these women. And what was for me so exciting was to study how these women followed their own codes. You know, so what they did, uh, and that's why they became su successful. One of the reasons was this FITO technique. You know, as I described this in the book. This technique, yeah, says that uh, only if you're absolutely convinced of what you have to offer, if you truly want it, then it will work. And these women work from inside the country. This is a huge belief. I really believe mm -hmm. that a long-term successful change, I mean in trends, in trends long-term, can only come from inside to the outside of a country. Mm -hmm. You see, I was even there in Saudi Arabia before they started with, the, they allowed the women to drive. 
I have been sitting with a lot of Saudi Arabians, you know, discussing in their divanias. Divanias are so sitting rooms, yeah, where you're okay. sitting and discussing. I was very welcomed by the Saudis, yeah. And we discussed, and we discussed, you know, the pro and contras, you know. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, does it make a problem? You know, the women, the women are driving and a lot have been afraid. Other had been supportive. So we discussed a lot. And what? a lot of people did that there. And I even have known it long time before that this regulation will come because it was from inside the country mm-hmm. that the people, you know, uh, discussed and then brought it to the top, you know, the king. And mm-hmm. then he decided... Let's do this. So it's very important. You know, the groups are very strong in these countries. These are tribals. Mm -hmm. And the tribals can then convince the top. It's very important. The tribals are very important. Mm -hmm. So all these women, like the formula, uh, the racing driver uh, woman, Najla Ostomani, she was first convincing her her father, her uncles. Then they convinced the neighbors, you know, Mm -hmm. because they asked the father, how can you let her drive? You know, my God, is this not, uh, is not dangerous for, for, for your daughter? And the father was then so star- strong, mm-hmm. so strong, you know, that he said, no, my, my girl is not doing anything wrong, my daughter. Mm-hmm. So all these women uh, worked from inside. Their families first, they convinced their fathers, their uncles, their brothers, then, and then they brought it to the other level. And uh, I, uh, you see, I, I know so many successful woman in the Arab Gulf. I don't know the Arab League. I know the Arab Gulf, even in Saudi Arabia. I mean, when I was in the... Uh, is this interesting for you, or uh, do you want to know that? No, no, it's... it's no, tell me that, because yeah? I, I like okay. to hear stories. I, 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 I have to... another qu- question for yeah. you, uh, which maybe you can you can um, uh, add to that as well. Having Sitting down with people, say, talk about Saudi Arabia, one of the most closed... Uh, at least Arab states uh, still, how do you feel when, as a Western, thinking about pros and cons about women driving? That, I mean, that is not even a concept that I would ever think of, other than the, the, the silly joke, women can't drive, but that is that is only a, a, a male joke. The, the concept of, of sitting down and talking about the, the cons and even the pros of women driving, how does that, how did you filter that? You see, I have a totally other approach, Chris, really. Mm-hmm. I sit with the people. I don't tell them what is wrong by them, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I tell, I listen to them and I tell, and then I start to discuss and tell them why you have a problem. I request, I ask, but always in a very, very respectful way. Mm-hmm. That is very important. You know, all the changes only worked in the Arab Gulf again from mm-hmm. the inside if you're very respectful with the people. At the end, they are sheikhs, kings, you know, mm-hmm. this, the, and the people admire them. Uh, you have to understand, the people love it, the women love it. When I had my first, uh, my book presentation in the uh, Emirates Palace, maybe you heard about it in uh, in Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. the Emirates Palace, I did the book presentation in Sheikh Nayan before he was the Minister of Higher Education, he wrote the foreword of my book and he made the opening speech. All the women were, were sitting there mm-hmm. and waiting for him and they love him. I mean, mm-hmm. they respect him so much. And I think people should really understand that uh, the people really ad- uh, admire, you know, they, 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 they sheikhs, you know, the king. If you talk today also in Saudi Arabia, 
they love the king. I mean, I know the media likes to talk in the other way. I respect it. I understand it. I was the same. And I don't say I agree with everything. Mm-hmm. I don't say that, right? I, mm-hmm. doesn't, I don't go there and say it. But I work in the other way. I work with the Arab communication culture. I'm writing about this also in the book. You don't, don't, you don't say direct things, you know. You say it between the lines, yeah. okay. So if I would want to tell them something, I would say, oh, you know, first I start with the appreciation culture. We'll say, wonderful in your country, beautiful here. It's great, your changes, what you're doing, wonderful. And then I would say, but you know what? It's so interesting. Uh, it would be so good if you maybe, you know, do this or that, this step or that step. So I give them ideas, you know, mm-hmm. in a very respectful way that it will work for them better. I convince them in a better way when I'm not aggressive and tell them what they're doing wrong. But I show them how they can be more successful. And this is except what I train, you know, also people when they do business there. Because that is what a lot of people, even by business meetings, uh, you know, I, I love the Americans, really. I like them so much. I think they're great. It's a great country. Mm-hmm. But what they are doing is when they come to a business meeting, they're just focused on the meeting. And they right. don't understand, you know, the business. And that is a huge, huge difference mm-hmm. to the Arab Gulf. Because first you have to build up the chemistry, you know, you must give a good atmosphere. That's so important for the people in the Arab Gulf. They need to like you, you mm-hmm. know, they need to want you. They want to feel safe and they want to trust you. And then they want to do business with you. Mm-hmm. That is a totally approach, uh, other approach, I understand that. And the Americans usually come there. Because it's their code, right? They say, we, we focus on the business, and that's a meeting and not a private chat. But you have to learn small talk. You have to learn chit-chat with them. Mm. And that's also something what we, what we train, for example. <laughs> because sometimes, you know, uh, a vice president or CEO coming, they're great personalities, but they cannot make small talk. And you need to have small talk, you know, at the beginning. When do you know when, atmosphere? When, yeah. do you, when do you know you have had enough small talk, and when can you eventually go to business? It's in the Western world, and, and you mentioned the Americans. Typically, indeed, they're they're much much more task oriented, and they get to to business immediately and straight away. But in more collectivistic cultures, including the Gulf, indeed, you need to work more on the relationship. But when is that enough established? This is exact uh, where my I don't want to give you too many techniques, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really useful if I can tell you. I created a technique. The name is gas shift break technique. Okay, mm-hmm. and this technique you avoid by, by this this technique, yeah, you avoid appearing too pushy, but you still manage to focus on reaching a goal. Okay, mm-hmm. thereby you constantly maintain balance. Mm-hmm. Gas shift break. Gas shift break. Like driving a car. That's why I gave the name gas shift break technique. Yeah. And this is a great technique, and you can use it everywhere in any kind of situation, relationship. But in the Arab Gulf, for example, they really trained me in this, except what you're saying, because mm-hmm. when you have this communication, you know, you start, you see, this is the communication I write about this in the book, you know, and you have a lot of very nice case studies there where um, business people tell how they use their gas shift break in their communication, mm-hmm. okay? To reach the goal. So you start you know, at the beginning, guess, okay? You start with, how are you? Mm-hmm. You know, what I told you now, how is your family? Uh, you know, uh, beautiful. And you start to chit chat a little bit. And then you make a shift, you know, 
and then you change, you know, to the business. And this is a training, but you get that. You have to train a little bit. You feel it. It's a training, yeah? Because at the beginning, you will see. You see it on the body language of the person in front of you. You see, because the person in front of you, for sure, he knows that you're here for business. He doesn't want to talk with you one hour small talk, yeah? Sure. But he wants to get at the beginning a feeling, a chemistry, you see? And then you come to the business because first it must work from the chemistry side and then you go there. Mm -hmm. And that you will figure out when you're sitting opposite of the person mm -hmm. and you can see, you know, mimic, gesture, body language because you see then already that he's maybe knocking, you know, his head and then, okay, okay, you know, repeating and then you can you can come then to, okay, uh, very nice to be here and you know, I'm, I'm here to present you the project, we talked about it before, and, and then you come in that, right? Mm -hmm. But the Arab communication culture is so challenging because sometimes they talk about something else in the middle of the communication, right. and that makes people crazy, you know, especially Americans. Uh, mm -hmm. There is one story, um, if you allow me to tell, sure. about two Americans. So I remember, uh, um, I remember two American businessmen, you know, who did business in the United Arab Emirates, yeah? and uh, they needed a special license. Uh, so they set up a meeting with the Arab decision maker, and uh, they had been given just 15 minutes for the meeting. You know, these people are also very busy today. So, um, and unexpectedly, one of the Americans, he seemed to be very experienced with the culture of the United Arab Emirates. So he started to talk about the camels, the farms, the land. So he had known a little bit about, like you said at the beginning, the small talk, you know, to create a good atmosphere. Uh -huh. So he created a chat between him and the Arab businessman. So minutes went by. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, watching the other American got more and more anxious, you know, very nervous. Yeah. Because he knew that the time of the Arab businessman was limited, mm -hmm. you know that only had 10 minutes left. Mm -hmm. And then it happened. Suddenly the Arab businessman looked at his watch and said, I'm terribly sorry, but I'm so busy today, you know? And the Americans were shocked and they thought they missed the opportunity. Yeah. But the Arab businessman said, here's what to do. When you do this, this and this, I give you this, this and this, and we can sign a contract. Mm -hmm. So he stood up said goodbye to everybody and left. And the Americans didn't understand because none of them had spoken one word about the business and now they got to go ahead. Mm -hmm. How could that be? So you see, that's how the codes works in this part of the world. Mm -hmm. The most important is at the first meeting, the chemistry. Mm -hmm. You have to build up a good chemistry. And even people, I know a lot of people, they close deals uh, you know, sitting in the desert in front of the tent mm -hmm. because then they're drinking Arab coffee, eating dates, and they're having chit chat, and then they talk about the business mm -hmm. because it's very clear you must be professional, you must have good quality. That, that's all clear, and you send it, and he will check it. But he needs that atmosphere, and that is something what a lot of people misunderstand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, is 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 there is any of the the Gulf countries is that easier to work with? Ah, uh, no, all of them, all of the there. I have to say, all of them are the same. <laughs> all of them are the same. I mean, they're yes. as, as easy or as difficult to work with. Yeah, because again, you see, 
you have to know where you're going. Mm -hmm. I write this also in my book, you know, um, uh, finding the right partner. I, I, I compare it like in relationship, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can, some people come and they look and uh, for a shake or somebody, the biggest business uh, person, and then they fall in love with the picture. It's even not the fault from the business person to shake, mm -hmm. but they fall in love in the picture. And then they are frustrated expectation, another emotional hinderer for me, mm -hmm. a, a, a party set in my book. And then they are so frustrated because they don't get what they're expecting from this business partner. Mm -hmm. You have to, like in a relationship, not fall in love in the picture because the woman is only or the man is only good looking or, I don't know, charming or something. You have to go deeper. You have to understand it's like a relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's also the job of the people. Understand and, you know, get the profile of the person. And that takes time. Yeah. And that is where people often then, you know, frustrated and say, why is he? And we have a lot of case studies in the book where people are totally, you know, frustrated mm -hmm. because they have been expected something else from the uh, Arab business partner. But they didn't make a job, you know, they didn't work on that. They didn't make a profile, mm -hmm. they didn't research. So it's always, as you know, in every relationship, 50% for each part. So you have really to find the right partner for this market and you must commit with the partner. Mm -hmm. This is another very, very important, you know, thing. Mm -hmm. It's one of the golden rules in my, in my book, the commitment, you know. Uh, you see, now, for example, as we have it worldwide, the situation now, what's really, I mean, also for the Gulf, right? They are they are also now not sure what's come next, and now they, they like the whole world, right? And, now, ju and, ju and just for the, uh, the the listening audience, we're recording this, this on uh, April 24th, uh, 2020. For those of you who are listening in the future, we're talking here about the, uh, of course, the corona crisis. Sorry, Judith, go ahead. No, yeah, you're right. It's very professional. Thank you very much that you add this. Yeah, right. So, I mean, also they, like worldwide, you know, uh, they are now not sure and uh, what, what will come next and so. But for me, it's now really the best time now mm -hmm. uh, to create, you know, opportunities. Because um, personally, for me, it's not the best time. Because mm -hmm. it's always very important to support your business partner in a time from crisis. Sure. You have to show them that you're part of their family, that you can count, that they can count on you, especially in difficult times. And then that you're not running away, you know, yeah. family doesn't disappear when things get rough. Mm -hmm. And you have to be there for them. You must commit. And this is another thing that a lot of people don't understand. You know, they always come then they, that, uh, that there is an opportunity for business. You also have to uh, coming times, you know, where the people need you and you have to show them their commitment sure. because they have to know that. And yeah. so I think now it's a great time for people who want to do business there, you know, mm -hmm. to get in touch, you know, to introduce themselves, uh, to, 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 to start a relationship. Yeah. It's, it's a good time, you know, makes, in, makes in a time sense. of crisis, yeah. I think. Um, I want to I want to step back uh, uh, to a book that you've mentioned earlier in in this uh, in this conversation, um, Modern uh, Arab Women. Yeah. Um, and so, why how does the modern Arab women look like or compare to the I and I, I put air quotes the not so modern uh, or the 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 Arab woman from the past? What's it What's the difference? 
The difference. Um, the difference is that um, these women were were had been always interested uh, for for the West. They have always been interested. They researched about the about the West, about their codes, about their trends. Mm -hmm. So um, I met, you know, for sure, also women uh, in rural areas. There, they they even didn't speak, you know, um, English. Mm -hmm. So uh, we were just sitting in the sand. It was also a beautiful atmosphere. Uh, they 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 have been not studying, you know, in schools. They have been at, at home, but they were very happy with their husbands. They were family as a housewives and had family. So um, so these these women have been always interested to see, to understand, and to research the West, mm -hmm. uh, and then to include that in their way of living. Mm -hmm. or they liked it, and so they set up new trends. And so they changed that all views and values in a step-by-step -step program, what I said before. So it's not how they look like. So it's more from the inside about their thoughts and how they, uh, I, like I told you, mm -hmm. racing driver, first minister, first filmmaker, mm -hmm. you know, uh, this have been really new uh, positions, you know, in, in, in the world of the Arab Gulf. And they made the change. Mm. So it was their thoughts what made them different. For for the for the, the years to come, um, what do you think the biggest challenges for for the Gulf states, or maybe the women within the Gulf states specifically? For the women in the in the Gulf states, mm -hmm. or maybe I mean, or maybe the, the Gulf states in general. I mean, the the de facto leader of, of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman, he's he's creating a lot of a lot of change which is also controversial being a controversial man so what is the biggest biggest challenge for the gulf region uh there i cannot give you any answer mm. i don't know really i mean i'm not really now in this topic that i can give you because i don't discuss with the people about the crown prince all the time so mm -hmm. i cannot tell you i would i i only want to give you my answers when i know really I cannot. I cannot uh, command. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Because well, uh, yeah, this I don't know what's what. Yeah. That's no, that's that's fine. No worries about that. <laughs> no, um, no, I'm not worried. But uh, I'll give you always when I know something. I tell you. Mm -hmm. But I tell you only really information I get from the people, and sure. they tell me not something I read anywhere. And so I'm really sitting with the people and talking with them. You know, and discussing with them, and this I didn't discuss about okay. the conference. Yeah. There, in your experience, and, and from from the talks you had with people, um, are there any like again? I'm making air quotes requests from women. Like this is what this is this is we would like this to happen also. Mm, let me think about. I don't know because I the woman I met and my book is full of them and mm -hmm. I mean the whole Gulf is full of them and they're yeah. getting more and more and they're having so many universities. I mean the women they're getting more women studying like men. Mm -hmm. I mean there's so many even there are so many women hired already yeah. because they're working much harder sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Even the Saudi Arabians said they like to hire Saudi Arabian women. They're mm -hmm. working also now in the offices, you know. So there's a huge change. I mean, you know, they're having already cinemas and they're sitting together in coffee shops. Mm -hmm. So there's even no religion police there anymore. I mean, I was in a time that with the religion police, there is no religion police anymore. Mm -hmm. They have no job. There's nobody there. So um, 
for me, it's more the women getting so strong, they want to do something and they're really good in their job. So mm-hmm. people like to hire them, their sure. own people, because they want to do, uh, they want to work. Mm-hmm. So I, I see more, I see more a uh, very positive trend for the women. I cannot tell you anything negative because I see that the women are very proud of their country. Mm-hmm. They, they like to be with the country. They're proud of their tribe, their names, mm-hmm. uh, their rulers. So uh, I, I see it very positive when you're inside the country. You see, there's yeah. a good trend. That's good. That's good. It makes, makes sense. And, and 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 from a Western standpoint and my own personal standpoint, I, I cannot. I cannot just. But I agree with you. That makes good sense. Um, Judith, I'm looking at the time here, and we have been recording for about 30 minutes now, which is more or less the time that I uh, that I usually keep my podcasts at. Um, to finalize, I have two questions for you, if I may. Can you give us three tips to become more culturally competent? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I want to break it down in three parts, as you said. Uh-huh. Um, one, act from inside to outside. You see, be authentic, always. Mean what you say. This is what I mentioned before, my F-I-T-O technique, from inside to outside. It's very important. Two, commit. Reach an agreement with yourself. Yes, I want to work in this market. This is very important because if you don't want that, don't do it. You know, there are many markets. Make a commitment if you really want to go in that market or another market. Three, Always manage to balance your action and reaction. Yeah. There again, remember my gas shift break technique, you know. Yeah. So always stay in balance, you know. That's very important that then you cannot overdo it and you reach your goal. Yeah. These are my three points. Excellent points. Really good. Never heard these before. I'm really happy that um, we have some, uh, some new insights. Thank you for sharing those. Well, finally, final question then. If people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Yeah, um, they can go on my website and I have a really good news for you, Chris. Um, I noticed at the moment, you see a lot of people are very paralyzed, unfortunately, from the situation, what you mentioned before, you know, just standing still. Uh They are not able to act and react, do not move. And so here's my um, emotional hinderer, paralyzing fear character, um, having the time of his life, do not move. So I created now a fitness program for the paralyzing fear character, okay. and it will start next Monday. You saw the first, you know, uh-huh. I announced this now, 27th of April on my website. So where people can look it up on my blog. Um, uh-huh. And my website is www.tudipornok.com. And on Emotional Hinderer, on the fitness program for paralyzing fear. So there you find my program. Uh-huh. Maybe it helps. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing that. That was good stuff. Well, um, thanks for your time. I hope you stay uh, healthy and safe all the way in in Vienna. And um, I'm pretty sure we'll talk to each other in the future. Yes, you're always welcome to Vienna. Thank you. You know, I invite you then for a Sacher cake for sure, you know, our traditional and a coffee. And maybe one day, because I love your music at the end, who knows, Uh maybe you play one day Avenis Falls, right? Because, I mean, it has this style, what you have in the show, you know, personal, but very elegant. So it will perfectly complement your show, I think. Maybe. Thank you so much. And thanks for the compliments. Okay. Have a great day. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Chris. Ciao. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, Judith, once more. 
If you have not subscribed to the podcast, this is an excellent way to do so. You can find this podcast in iTunes, in Stitcher, and in Spotify. The music you hear in the background is from Ben Sound. Check them out at bensound.com. My name is Chris Smith. This was the Culture Matters Podcast, and I'll be back in two weeks' time. Thank you. Bye. That's it for this episode. Culture Matters, making you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution.